What is it? Uh, well, it's called a uh, randomizer, and it's fitted to the guidance systems and operates under a very complex scientific principle called potluck. Now, no one knows where we're going. Not even the Black Guardian. Not even us. Hello, and welcome to the Randomizer Podcast, episode 20. Wow. So, we are the five doctors now, this time. Yeah, we, we, uh, this episode, previous versions of ourselves have been taken out of time and space and dumped in a closet somewhere. Although, what, uh, one of you is being played by a waxwork from Madam Tussauds. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's more animated than I am. <laughs> so, welcome along. We have got Doctor Who to talk about. So, spoilers for every episode of Doctor Who, up to and including Flux Chapter 1, the Halloween apocalypse. <laughs> so, I'm going to lead off by saying that, broadly speaking, I absolutely loved it. What do you reckon? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually really did enjoy it. Um, and it proves that I enjoyed it because I actually rewatched it three times technically. Well, I rewatched it Two twice technically. The first time I fell asleep, that was nothing to do with the, the episode itself. It's just that I haven't been feeling that great anyway but I watched it next morning to sort of try and get more of a a handle on it I suppose there was a few bits that sort of uh, needed sort of sorting out in my head but yeah I mean I thought it was quite fun Um, I love Carbonista it's my favourite type of pasta (laughs) I like Bolognese but there you go. <laughs> they're, no. they're in next week's episode. Oh, right, the right. No, no, no. Next week's episode is the uh, the Sontarans versus the Crimeans. The Crimeans. Um, yes. <laughs> apparently, uh, David Legg was talking about this. That he'd seen a couple of people online talking about the Sontarans are fighting the Crimeans. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just people taking a piss or if that's a sad state of our education. Well, given that Connor's subject is history, does yeah. this make Connor's blood boil? Yes. I think we could have a hot take. That little, you little see that vein. little sort of uh, <laughs> temple starting to throb. <laughs> Note to self, exploit that. Now we had a party. We had um, our friends Davy and Izzy and yep. Connor with this. There was a whole bunch of people, and yeah. we watched it through. I really struggled to hear actually. So then yeah. we rewatched with subtitles during which you fell asleep. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that was very helpful. And then we both rewatched it separately since. Yeah, didn't we? that's right. Yeah, I mean the the sound was a little bit weird. I think it was okay after the pre-title bit it seemed to level out a little bit better but the pre-title sequence sound wise well, something was, was screwy going into it yeah. came out of the eye dent and the sound was it was a black screen for a couple of seconds and, and very it was quiet so, it was loud pre the yeah. you know and then it suddenly went quite quiet something was screwed up technically mm. but um, I think generally in the mix the loud scenes I just couldn't hear the dialogue yeah. at all and yeah. I, 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 I'm not alone. I've, I've heard other no, people say no, the same no. thing. So it's like ironic because normally, as you know, I put subtitles on with them, but I turned them off mm-hmm. just in case it just was case, annoying yeah. other people. But yeah. I oh, should well. have left them on. But talking of subtitles, this is our first tangent of a tangential show. Um, our friend Davy pointed out a subtitling error, a uh, glorious subtitling yeah. error in Talon's Wen Chang. So we fired it up on Britbox, and in the f- scene in episode one, um, where Chang is doing his <laughs> stage show. The ventriloquist uh, yeah. dummy, Mr. Sin. Yeah, the line is, she is smoking pipe of poppy. 
or she's been smoking pipe of poppy it becomes she's been slugging type of toddy (laughs) (laughs) which is just glorious i mean it must be a mishearing but it's it's i don't know it makes perfect sense it sort of feels as if it's slightly deliberate as well like what type of toddy yeah exactly what what type of toddy do you have (laughs) delete as appropriate but i don't know i mean it's sort of what someone's having a bit of fun well, I've seen it on transcripts as well. Yeah. There's a transcript site that I use to find sound clips, and that's mm. got that version on it. It's actually a line I've quoted so many times. <laughs> you no, know, to you know, it's just um, to the place. Um, yeah, I just remember um, sort of introducing some friends to Doctor Who when I was a lot younger, and I was oh, I love this bit. You Watch know. this one. It's Freedom the drug smoking pipe <laughs> Oh my! So that was a a, a delightful little sidetrack there with um, the subtitles. But yes, so back to Flux Chapter 1. Mm. Um, so much going on. I mean, it quite overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I needed those extra watches, yeah. not just for hearing. There, but... there was huge amount of stuff yeah. going on. I mean, it, it, I suppose the only real criticism you can say is it does suffer from being Episode 1 yeah. in terms of you're setting up loads of stuff mm. without any actual proper payoff yet. But it's a such part, so obviously... Yeah you know, the payoff's going to come down the line. I hope so. Because I, I think, <laughs> so do I. Well, the trick now is to keep the plates spinning, but also yeah. it, I think it just needs to narrow its focus episode yeah. by episode going yeah. forward. So, you know, if, if we're trying to sort of juggle all these many elements constantly throughout all six episodes, I think it's going to fall apart. But mm. hopefully it'll be kind of, you know, now we'll go down. Obviously, Sontarans next week battling the Crimeans and Crimean. the, uh, <laughs> the Crimeans. <laughs> Is that not Jamie's tribe? The McCrimeans. Oh, McCrimeans. We'll get to Jamie. Hold that thought. Yeah. Mm. So, what else about the episode? Um, I just got, I've got a few random notes. Nadia Albina played Diane, and I mm. worked with Nadia on Quiz, the stage show that I oh, mentioned nice. before. The the show. She about, was great. Yeah, actually. great actor. Really nice. And, I, when she entered in the museum, I thought just the first glance, I mm. clocked the name badge that she was wearing as if it was a stethoscope, and I definitely was reading it like Dan's escaped from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my head went. Isn't she RSC? I believe so. Yeah. I think she's been working in RSC. Chap I've known through Twitter, Max Curtis, uh, always enjoy what he has to say about the show, and uh, he had done a thread about how Dan, Dan is pretty superfluous um, not in a nasty way at all but just that there's mm. not much about him for an introduction and and I thought that the one corollary to that was I think there might be more to come because I, I, I think Diane, Dan's friend at the end being menaced by Azure that can't, I, I hope that can't be coincidence Yeah it does seem a bit strange it's yeah. also a very strange place to arrange a date or Outside the spooky house Outside the spooky house but yeah. it is Halloween It's so a great spooky knows. house Yeah it was wonderful That suggests to me that there's sort of there's maybe more to Dan than meets the eye yeah. whether or not he knows it I mean there's this whole sort of theme in the whole Division stuff about people who don't know that they're Time Lords or Division people mm. so it could go that way but who knows I don't know if this is a new section, but I, I wrote down terrible lines and lovely lines. But I thought the the four bears joke was awful. <laughs> it's like you know, it's like uh, don't insult my four bears. You don't look anything like four bears. I mean, who would say that? But much overbalanced by lovely lines. I loved. Maybe I was Scottish when I set this up about the yeah, handcuffs. Yeah, that was good. And then again, this one the lines I couldn't hear at the time, but you can just about perceive Jodie's Scottish accent when she tries it yeah. again. I also liked the bit, you know, that she was obviously trying to get the cuffs to release, and then they finally 
Oh, they land. The, you know, and then, oh, that's a relief. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. I did actually notice that the humour was a bit more on point yeah. this, this episode it was quite than sharp. it has been. I loved much. Man's Best Friend. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. And I also, good. I just loved it. So doctory. It's like, synchronised watches. No, hang on, I'm not wearing a watch. <laughs> I yeah. totally love that. One thing I did find a bit confusing, I was trying to work out why the fuck there was a double mattress <laughs> on, the floor yeah. of the, on the floor of the console. And a trampoline. Yeah. Well, maybe exactly for this occasion. But it did seem a bit... Really? <laughs> well, people were shipping Yaz and the Doctor. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. who knows? I mean, it was it was bizarre, but yeah. it was interesting that um, it's like you know what this thing about is the TARDIS dying with the the goop and yeah, everything. Yeah, the goop is weird. Also, with the doors being in different places, mm. it's as if it's reconfiguring itself and there's trying to something there, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's definitely something weird going on obviously I mean there's a lot of weird stuff going on so. yeah well the graphic as has been pointed out is mm. the stripes that you know they, they use in a lot of the graphics are unraveling mm. and fraying at the end yeah. And yeah so there's definitely this theme of things coming apart yeah so it's also good fun I wrote down that and the, of course um, the universe is literally coming apart for the yeah of things, I mean so. God, that's a it's, it's a hard cliffhanger to top for the rest of it, isn't it? Yeah, but, it is a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wrote down the, the swarm scene where mm. uh, um, the old swarm regenerates or renews mm. and, and then kills the division guards. That was horrific, yeah. but in the best way. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was. It was good effects yeah. as well. I, that, going back slightly, talking about effects... I thought the effects throughout the episode were top-notch. I've seen a lot of criticism online, and I'm thinking, you know you're watching Doctor Who for a start. <laughs> but I thought the effects were great, but the pre-title sequence effects... A bit less so. ...were... Yeah, they just seemed like a different... It was as if it was a different show. But they had a sort of green sky. And actually, in some of the close-ups, yeah. you could almost just have been looking at the green screen behind yeah. them, which is interesting. Just, I, I mean, I'm not moaning. No, I, I didn't notice it the first time. I just thought it was weird, you mm. know, especially... Like, they've obviously spent money on it, you know, yeah. they put the money on screen, and I like that. I thought it was good fun. Um, that's what I really took from it. It was good fun. Yes. Um, Yaz was good. Yaz and the Doctor had obviously oh. been uh, traveling for yeah. a while, which is a bit a of a big shame. Finish. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of a shame because I would have liked to have seen their relationship, you know, develop. I don't mean anything wrong with Dan. It's just it was nice, you know, to get them some quality. But time. it was nice. They spent a lot of time together. There was yeah. a lot of fun dialogue. And Yaz is obviously. And the Doctor have gelled yeah. very well, which is good. I thought it was so nice to see Yaz with a bit more to do yeah. and calling the Doctor out on being all secretive. Yes. Which is good. Absolutely. Good character. Although I do think, we talked about it a bit, that that seemed a bit manufactured because I'm not sure why the Doctor wouldn't just tell Yaz about the mission or the, the sort of... Doctor's always a bit yeah. secretive something. I mean, I, but yeah, I totally agree. There's no real reason for her to... You know. Yeah, it gives them conflict, and that's, that suppose. seems to be the only reason. Although it's, it is sort of traumatic and childhood traumatic as well, for that matter. Mm. I suppose all the timeless mm. child division stuff. So it'd just be good to get a bit more of that coming through, and maybe well, we will. I think we. I mean, I would imagine obviously it's going to be top heavy on the likes of division and stuff. Mm -hmm. As for the flux, I mean, it's it's essentially like um, entropy. 
you know, pretty fast the universe entropy. very fast entropy, but I'm sure that there's a reason they must be activated in some way. And, yeah. Know, so. Well, as things stand, we have lost Neptune and presumably most of the rest of the solar system. Yeah. With Earth being surrounded by ships. Talking of ships, the so the. <laughs> Well, the, the party must have a lot of cash to spare if they can just knock Jesus, up seven billion. I mean, plus seriously, their planetary economy. I, I mean, have a theory. Oh right, go so on. So I think they are the sinister force behind Crufts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing is, right? This thing is eating the universe. So what the fuck are their ships made of? I know. <laughs> the flux-proof ship. Well, yeah. I, it seems like the obvious avenue to pursue now is, okay, if these if these can withstand the <laughs> flux, then... But yeah, I don't know. What else? I've got a load of random notes. Oh, here's mm. an oddity. This is maybe not quite on the scale of Phantom Hand from Can You Hear Me? But Dan's House, number 37. It's established yeah. in text, and you see the door number. Mm-hmm. And just when I was looking back on it again, the house on, on the left, next door to it, is number 49. What? What is going on there? The Phantom Hand all over again. It's maybe just a, a production weird. error, but yeah. it just struck me as odd. I did like the bit where the house disappeared and the blokes on the toilet. Uh, yes, that was funny. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> There's a terribly mundane explanation, which I suppose is that they've scripted it as 37, hmm. they've got dialogue with it being 37, and they've got a prop letter on the fridge that Yaz sees that says it's 37. Hmm. Then they come to shoot it and blow me if the house next door isn't 49, but they don't have permission to change it. They'd have to CG'd it, but I suppose... Anyway, we may never care. Um, Yes, I'm sure. I mean, if it ends up being a massive plot point, then that's (laughs) a hell of an attention need. Well, you know that we talk about the missing days of Faction Paradox. Maybe the the ten houses in between are where (laughs) they live. Yeah, it could be. Who knows? Weeping Angels and Keys stumbling at the door scene was pretty scary. Um, Yeah, I mean, that was good. If ever there was an advert for air tags... Yeah, but I mean, she dropped her keys. She knew where they were. (laughs) What is she going to do? Hold on. Get her phone out. Look at the phone. (laughs) While... And just tell the Weeping Angel to hang on a minute. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. She obviously knew who the Weeping Angels were, so I would have carried a bottle of eye drops. See... No, yeah, I mean, one, just hold one eye open, that's Magic. basically the way. But the the thing is, that was one of the ones that confused me a little, because she comes running up to the doctor, mm-hmm. saying, oh, it's you, blah, 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 and then she knows who the Weeping Angels are, and to me, it sort of felt like she was going to see herself as a child being taken back in time. That's and why she'd lived back to the yeah, present day. and that's yeah. how she'd met the doctor, but... She's actually been taken by the Wheaton Angel, but she's already met the Doctor. Yeah, it's uh, strange, isn't it? Uh, Unless it's happening twice, she's just very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, that would be really fucking unlucky. <laughs> I, I saw a theory, which I don't really credit, but it's very interesting. Um, somebody, and I'm not sure how tongue-in-cheek they were, but they said, this is the next Doctor, and that's why there's that line about taking the long way home, because they mean the TARDIS. And I'm like, could they have cast it in time to shoot that? It's pretty spurious, I think. But that line is very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. That long way home line. So that's mm. resonant right back to know, Girl in the Fireplace. And yeah, but it is one of those lines that's been used a mm. lot now, rather yeah. than just specific to one it thing. Just, it rings know. of insider knowledge. Oh, there's definitely something I don't know, so it could well be the case. But well, see. I, like I say, I don't really like credit it. I mean, this is the beauty of when you've got New Doctor 
the speculation. <laughs> I mean, to me, so there's a lot of this. It's like you said about the threads uh-huh. unraveling. I and fandom's job is to knot them all back together. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, there really does seem to be. Uh, evidence gathering of some sort of maybe alternate universe thing mm-hmm. or something, you know, like when you look at the, the Master, for example, no progression from where Missy was. Oh, things. the idea that um, yeah. Sasha Devon's Master might have been pre-Missy? Or, yeah, or... I don't know. You know I think too much of that leans into the really, I find it completely obnoxious, the wish that this era would somehow be tucked away in a fold somewhere. Uh, no, no, I, I yeah. get that. Not on your part, on the part of other people. Yeah, I get that. It's just that there's so many little things that you just think... Chips has ruled it out though, hasn't he? I, I don't... We're pals now, I'm calling him Chips. I always Chips. Really call him Chibnall when I'm across with him. Um, there was something about that, but I, don't, I just don't know. It yeah. just seems bizarre. You know, the whole the whole thing, but hopefully we'll get some sort of explanation. Yeah. And well, there's a lot of plates uh, spinning yeah. away now, and yeah. a lot of things to land carefully. Hopefully. I mean, uh, one of the nice things was um, the guy at the start. You know, in eighteen oh eighteen twenty, eighteen oh twenty, uh, building the tunnels. Those tunnels uh, exist under Liverpool, yeah, and nobody actually knows the reason for them. So that's well in five weeks' time. You know. Did you notice when they had the little recap of all the spinning plates at the end? that there seemed to be a kind of explosion of dust going on out of the tunnel behind him. Oh, right. I thought. I might have I to look never, at it again. I didn't, actually. Well, I, do you know the thing he's kind mm. of alluding to that's about yeah. to come and happen is, I wonder if that's a little glimpse of I some do, sort of disaster. I do question as to why, as to why he... Um, why he's getting funding if he's <laughs> not if he can't even give a reason for it. Uh, it's just, it's yeah. got a lot of personal wealth. Now my theory is my other theory is that the flux is actually his sideburns that have mutated over two hundred years yes, and are now so swallowing the universe. Uh, it's always possible. Uh, what else? I loved the music, although I was only really aware of it in my rewatch. Mm. But that's how I like it, not overwhelming or peacefully, but supporting it. I don't agree with you on the music, but there's a there's a difference in in terms of the way I look at Doctor music, um, when it's something you can recognise or something that you will, you know, like the Doctor's theme or whatever, this is why we had things like Doctor Proms because it's so recognisable and it's popular. I know you don't like Murray Gold's music, but by and large, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's just occasionally because it's in front. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's what adds to the popularity of it. Well, sure, but and that's, that's external why... to the programme. No, I know The primary that. job of the music has got to be to I make told, the programme flow. Again. I do agree, but it's also a good way of marketing and a good way of promoting the programme. Yeah, that's always got to be a secondary consideration. Yeah, always. I and suppose. I've got absolutely nothing against uh, the music at the moment. I really like the theme. I love the bass. It's wonderful. Mm. But what I would say is I can't remember a single piece of music. If you watch that again, look at the quieter scenes and the music's just sort of ticking away underneath, yeah, doing yeah. a lovely job setting atmosphere. I've got absolutely nothing against it. It's just that I sometimes miss 
<laughs> you know, I love those themes. Uh, yeah. So, a couple more thoughts. I am excited for more about the division, and yeah. I'm interested in the parallels between Swarm Sisters setup and Ruth's. Because how yeah. come she gets the cozy flat in the Arctic <laughs> while her brother's chained to a rock for all of time? Yeah, I know. So what's going on there? Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know why, right? But do you remember a comic strip in DWM where the doctor, uh, Tom Baker's doctor, uh, met Prometheus, the life bringer, and he was chained to a rock? Well, that was the myth of Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, and, I don't think I saw it. No. And I, I always remember, I, um, I, I pronounced it at the time Prometheus. But um, when I saw him chained to the whatever, I kept thinking of that. But the sentence was that he was chained to a rock and every day an eagle maybe would eat his liver oh, and it would grow back overnight. So yeah. eternal torment. So, sort of thing. And regeneration. My last and only other thought is Swarm's not an acronym then. Nope, nope, <laughs> don't seem like it. Although, the, the sort of falling apart into lots of little bits, sort of collective entity, you know, we talked about um, Colony Sarth, didn't we? So yeah. maybe it still is an acronym, who uh, knows? Well, you never know. I mean, we're still to meet the Ravagers, apparently. So. Yeah, I kind of thought that, that what turned out to be Swarm was the Ravagers and all the publicity. I watched a YouTube video, and it was, you know the bit where she does that whole, the Ravagers, blah, 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 you know, got in, and the, the little flux Oh, the, video, the trailer. The yeah. Trailer, yeah. It's slightly extended. It's showing you her filming it, right? Oh, right. So it's got like, a ring light, and it's in mm. the TARDIS, and it's been filmed on a mobile phone. Just as the video's ending, you hear Yaz going, Doctor, you've got to change your clothes. <laughs> I swear, I will, I will show you later. Okay. And it's <laughs> fucking bizarre. Now, I'm wondering if... Is that out of character, do you think? If it's Mandip Gill going, you know... Come on, Jody. Come on, Jody, you stink. <laughs> well, you know. It's like the inverse of when Mark Hamill inadvertently calls out Carrie when he's climbing yeah. out of the type of the, yeah. the I don't know. I mean, as I say, it just made me... Maybe that's what the ravages are. They're like clothing mites. Jodie's not changed her outfit <laughs> at all. Still in her cupboard. Maybe that's why companions leave. <laughs> that's like Tegan. Sorry. Spring. I can't take it anymore. It's yeah. the smell. Sorry, the smell's just got to me. It's stopped being fun, Doctor. <laughs> so, lovely. I'm excited for chapter two. Yeah. War of the Sunterns. War of the Sunterns. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we never mentioned the Sunterns. Oh, um, yes, no, I, I did notice a detail that he seemed to have, one of them seemed to have three little Sunturn ships in his collar, like insignia. Oh, right. They were Maybe the, the same little pattern. It's like pips, you know. Like, well, yeah. either that or they're like miniaturized emergency ships. Or maybe like, that's. He's killed three ships, or he's <laughs> commanded. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean the prosthetics and everything—they look, uh, they look very good. Except they've got beautifully dirty top teeth. But when you get a glimpse of his bottom set of teeth, they're pearly white. Fucking weird. <laughs> it's probably all that tongue action keeps them. Con- Connor did say to me when we were watching it. He said um, afterwards, he said, I, "I just when I was watching that, he said I bet you hated it." <laughs> Uh, mainly, you know, they were sort of jokey. Well, that was it. It was totally was, oh, funny. Come on. Especially on the grounds we've been talking you know, about, about are they still going to be comic yeah. relief? You know, I think that's just a, a bit of banter maybe between them. But it was... I think the bit that got me was when the other one started going, hey, oh, his tongue. And I was like, for fuck's sake. 
<laughs> Please, no. I mean, it's definitely alluding back to the initial reveal of the yeah. all those years ago. Anything more to say about uh, Flux, Chapter 1? Uh, I'm sure there is something. <laughs> I like bring back my human. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that actor is the one that appeared in Revolution. Uh, you know, at the end when it. I was it with of, Dan. Yeah, he was what Dan's workmate or yeah, something. Yeah, do you think this could be the secret behind Dan? I suppose it maybe could he be. Turns maybe his maybe into dogs. that's the thing. You know, it's like he's paired obviously he's there to protect Dan. Sort of in Zygon shape changing form. Or it could just be the case that you know um, we've got you for doing Fox, so yeah. you know why don't you Get do this a little bit? Yeah. You know, I mean. As I say, Doctor Who fans reading things. Uh, I've, I've got uh, more mountains to make out of all these molehills. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. Very excited for chapter yeah. two. And it was just big tick in the fun box. Yeah, yeah, I was just relieved. I do remember making a joke somewhere then. God, can you imagine if it's not shit? <laughs> <laughs> Here's your humble pie. Eat, eat yeah. up. <laughs> a man is the sum of his memories, you know. A time lord even more so. So it is time for your cheating memory. And this is the part of the show where we randomly select an episode and then discuss what we remember of it and then go away and rewatch it or re-experience it because the last time, to my delight and Chaz's undelight, we picked Highlanders. <sighs> so Patrick Troughton's second story, but no episodes remain. However, we did think, oh no, six episodes, but it's only four. Mm. I think we quite enjoyed it. Didn't we, we did. If I'm wrong or whatever, I'm quite happy to admit it. It was good fun. Having said that, I would never voluntarily <laughs> watch anything with telly snaps. And if it gets animated, I'll be more than happy to watch it. But I will never revisit it unless it's animated mm. or found. Well, I've seen but, all of the Telesnap episodes in my yeah. original watch through, um, which started some time ago. Therefore, there's quite a few of the animations I haven't seen because mm. I'd sort of ticked those off the list already. And so at some point, I'll go back to those. Yeah. And yeah. that'll be fun. That's fair enough. But the Highlanders, mostly, I thought, quite rumpy in tone. Yeah, I, I was quite surprised. I'd obviously, I'd never really, I knew, had, you know, a rough idea of it, but didn't really sort of um, have a lot of experience with it. What I would say is, I did think Dennis Spooner had written it at one <laughs> point because it did seem like a sort of comedy historical yeah, in the vein got, of the sort of thing Dennis Spooner yeah. tends to do. We've got the, the, the Doctor's silly German accent. <laughs> Doctor it's fucking hilarious. Um, you've got a second attempt at the I would like a hat like that joke. Oh, God, um, I don't know. The double act of Gray and Perkins, with Perkins always having to take yep. people off. Yeah. The doctor fooling Graham Perkins and then banging Perkins' head off the desk and saying, "Have you got a headache?" And Polly and Kirsty. Yeah, for me, um, Polly was uh, sort of stand out mm-hmm. because she was fantastic in this. She was so proactive, but yeah. she was also she was very funny, but she was also bloody brutal. Brutal. She's like bullying Kirsty. Yeah, with Kirsty and that poor fucking red coat. Oh, yeah, for the, Finch. Yeah, I, I mean she she makes a big play out of his name, taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> now, see, here's the thing, right? Now that character really that's a character that's invented to be despised, mm-hmm. and 
the actor makes him very likable. Yeah. I really like him. The I, think, quite I think the guy's actually had a bit of a rough deal. <laughs> I don't think he wants to be a red coat no. to begin with. He's going and to return to an attic and write poetry for the rest of his yeah, life. Yeah, you know, he's a bit of a sensitive soul. <laughs> um, Kirsty and uh, Polly uh, flirt with him. Polly threatens him. Yeah. It's like the poor guy doesn't stand a bloody yeah. chance. It's all very enjoyable, all mm. that stuff. There yeah. are darker touches. I mean, you've got yeah. the, the last comedy act is the irate pirate on the oh, slave ship. He's like straight out of Treasure Island. He he wants to be in so he wants to be in something else. Don't he? he wants uh, his own show. Well, That's like what a, he's going for. We've got a show called The Highlanders. It's the last historical until Black Orchid. Yeah, and you'd think it would be all Scots way, hey, but it's actually he wants it to be Treasure Island. <laughs> it's it's going to be a pirate show or death. I have expected the black spot to turn <laughs> up or him wear a parrot or something. So yo ho ho, don't we? Yeah, he was uh, he was very good. I think most of the characters actually stand up quite. Mm. Well, well Grey's um, nicely sort Yeah, of, he's slimily evil yeah. and his whole shtick is to basically sell Jamie, the doctor, etc. into uh, slavery. Yeah. So. It's sort of the casualness of the killings, the the, the hangings yeah. and yeah. the corruption of the English soldiers, you know, taking a bribe here and there and yeah. all of this. Jamie it's not a huge amount actually going on for him in no, the first he's story, just he? Ve- he is very likable. You would have maybe thought that Kirsty or the lieutenant Finch. Finch might have actually made it to companion status. Well, I don't know about Finch, but certainly see that with, with Kirsty, he's got a lot no. more to do. But but I mean, Jamie's very likable, mm-hmm. and obviously Fraser Hines is is great and yeah. was a fantastic choice for a companion anyway. But um, at least until Hamish Wilson came into the role and fulfilled yeah, his promise, of course. But, yeah. <laughs> now he's and he's shown he's very shrewd straight from the beginning. Mm. He's got this early line about observing how. The prince was the first to leave the battlefield. Yeah, and stuff like that. he's intelligent uh-huh. for his time. You know, I mean, he may not be educated, but that doesn't prevent him from, yeah. you know, having uh, intelligence. As it were. No, and a, a great job again with what material there is available mm. from the the loose cannon people. Yeah, still yeah. images with subtitles for. Oh no, I mean, I do admire what they do. Mm. It's not something I would watch, mainly because it is quite difficult to sort of concentrate on. It's easier when you're there, mm-hmm. you know, because... I have a sharp stick that yeah, I've whenever yeah, you nod off. You know, I've got fucking bruises, bruises everywhere. Yeah. But it does prove one thing to me, that I watched that and I could honestly say it wasn't a terrible experience <laughs> and I enjoyed it Excellent. and it also proves how shit the Space Pirates was because <laughs> you had struggled with that because that had an a fucking one. episode <laughs> existed and that it was, was six still parts, awful yeah you know. alright well let's choose another and see <laughs> oh if we God. get something that exists look when I give the word press the button the big one yes maybe it works in conjunction with the others please let us have something <laughs> because honestly I'm going to commit myself to rehab or something <laughs> here we go alright well let's try and find out now what could it be the leisure hive Ah, I'm quite excited for that. Yeah, that is interesting, actually, because that's the start of season 18. It is, the new titles and all that. Yeah, and... Um, Brighton Beach. Yeah, I... and the shitty costume, <laughs> as as referred to by Tom Baker. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah, Tom yeah. I think we need on Dimensions in Time, 
and you, you had to wear that, and you went, oh, that's the shitty one. <laughs> oh, dear. But, so it, was, uh, it wasn't a strop at the time, was it? it was, yeah. Uh, no, it's just... Uh, no, but, it's one um, I've only seen, maybe only once. I don't yeah, remember if I saw it on broadcast, I might That's have. the villain of the Formazi. The Formazi, and uh, of Mafiosi. Mafiosi. Yeah, and K9, they get rid of K9 pretty quick. You know, <laughs> Lala Ward in a Victorian bathing outfit shouting K9 as K9 fetches a ball that gets thrown into the sea. Okay, yeah. So K9's intelligence has obviously dropped uh, a bit of a magnitude on that one. It's <laughs> just uh, very obedient if you say Yeah, fetch, well, know. that's true. That's true. Maybe um, maybe they couldn't afford uh, John Levine. He was probably got his agent uh, up his fee or something. <laughs> you mean John Leeson? God. <laughs> Come on, you've got to get famous John if you're going to get <laughs> No Jesus. Uh, no disrespect to John Levine. <laughs> this is like Benton. I don't know. So yeah, Leisure High. Yeah, it's good. Unless um, it's a different sort of era for oh us. Yeah. For the and we got Tom Baker in a in a sort of old man beard thing. Well, it's now a good time to tell you I was lying all along, and it's Dalek's master plan. <laughs> Tim, if it was Dalek's master plan, trust me. I'd be out the fucking... Even though this is my house, I would go and live on the streets rather than sit and watch that. Oh, I thought I'd reformed you, but there's work to do yet. Great. Leisure Hive coming up. Hey. I don't have a sonic screwdriver because I'm not off on a romp. I call it what it is. A great loss of pump and circumstance. It is time for romp or pomp. So while we have the randomizer all fired up, we're going to click through a few more random stories and just have a quick hot take on whether they're a fun-filled romp or a more serious kind of pomp and circumstance kind of affair. So here we go. The Myth Makers. It's a romp, actually. Yeah. I mean, think of the episode a titles. Comedy historical. One. Small profit, quick return. That's one of them. Oh, and they were going to do is there a doctor in the horse, which yeah. I love. Love a pun. But yeah, it's again a historical with a lot of comedy touches. Although Who again, quite brutal at the end. Who wrote it? That was uh, Donald yeah. Cotton, wasn't it? Oh, right. Let's do another. The Happiness Patrol. No. Oh. It, it's sort of moody but fun. It's not a romp as such. Yeah, I'd say it's a lot more serious than, yeah. Good than it's uh, candy coating. Yes. <laughs> it gets definitely the rompometer ticks up a bit when the Candyman mm. appears. Here we go. I love the Candyman. Okay, it's a triple. It's the Utopia Sound of Drums, The Last of the Time Lords. Oh, so it's all quite highfalutin, I'd say, isn't it? I'd say pomp. pomp. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, it's a damn good... Any sort of finale yeah. has uh, got to have a bit of gravitas. Yeah. Uh, Marco Polo. That's, that's quite mm. pomp and circumstance, I think. Again, I've listened through the reconstructions it's of It's one it. I'd love to watch. Mm. Not, you know... <laughs> okay. Not... Barely <laughs> No, I'd actually really like to see that on uh, VHS. Sort of, <laughs> VHS. Uh, let's do a couple more. Horror Fang Rock. Oh, <laughs> I love horror. It's definitely Fang pomp, Rock. though. Yeah. Atmosphere. And lastly, oh, Destiny of the Daleks. Oh, wow. Well, it's not really a romp, is it? Um, no, I'd, I, I suppose it's a little. I mean, we do have Suicide Bomber Daleks in it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's always that's the quite a quite a, uh, a way to go but um, but there is influences Douglas Adams a yeah. lot of humour in this one and of course well. infamously spack off <laughs> <laughs> I love it fantastic so here's your challenge it is challenge time so I have asked Chaz repeatedly to watch The Mutants um, and it's a sort of challenge because he's never managed to sit through it before and then I'll get a challenge of my own eventually when he's uh, when he's seen it so with my 
hopes held high. Have you managed to watch it? Technically, yeah. Technically. Technically. Well, you owe me about 150 quid. I didn't agree to pay you. No, in vet's bills. What? Well, you see, our third host of this podcast, as you know, Limmy, Limmy. my dog, and um, he has uh, a bit of a sort of, say, passion for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And so I basically gave him some treats and said, you watch your mutants for me and come back to me and, you know, give me the SP on it. Where does the 150 quid come in? Well, we're getting there. And he went, and I said, okay. So, um, yeah, it's a sort of Chewbacca type thing. Uh-huh. You know, I put it on and I hastily exited the house. And, uh, yeah, I came back and he was he was looking awful. And I said, what's wrong? He didn't and have went, any of this when he actually ate the DVD. He basically said that he started watching it and then he felt a little bit sick and then... He was depressed, so I had to get the vet psychologist to to go over it with him, and it had to, you know, it it, it traumatized my dog. Well, even if he'd made it through unscathed, I think the dog watched my homework is a definite new low in terms of excuses. So next week, well, maybe, but you know, you could buy a hamster to watch it for you or something. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll return to this tale of animal cruelty in the future. In my box are such delights. We haven't had a chance to watch all of Mr. Ben, which we selected last time. And given that we're trying to keep up with flux going on, we're going to just sort of space out a few Mr. Bens here and there. We've watched three episodes, was it? Of yeah, Mr. Ben? yeah. And yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think it's canon. I think it's Doctor Who because yeah. it's a magic door that leads to adventures, silly costumes. The shopkeeper wears a fez and a bow tie. It's Matt Bloody Smith. Yeah. I think his face is all over the place. It's probably That's a sort of mid-regeneration yep, story. Yep. One thing you pointed out is that there's a foreshadowing of each adventure in the street yep. at the start of the episode, which is a nice touch, I thought. Yeah. It's terribly charming, Mr. Ben. It's from our childhood. It's delightful, and I, I do remember it very fondly from when I was young. I also remember a, a colleague at college who had a, a Mr. Ben t-shirt. I always wanted a Mr. Ben oh, t-shirt. Doesn't John Isles have one? Let us know, John, if you do. No, it's just really sweet. Ray Brooks does the narration. Yeah. In between dodging Daleks in London. Dodging Daleks in London and uh, high-stakes poker games. What was that? Big deal. I remember that. Yeah, with Sharon Juice, who played... Sharon Juice in Ghostlight. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there we go. Has Ray Brooks ever been in Doctor Who proper, as it were? No. No, No, he's only ever done um, the movie. Yeah. I do like Ray Brooks. I always thought he was a very personable actor. Mm-hmm. You know, so. What else did we notice? I, I think the animation style is, is very charming, but yeah. they seem to have a problem with legs. <laughs> yeah, they really do, don't it's, they? The, the, the walking's In always fact, quite unrealistic. You notice that most of the time they will find Stop some way of hiding the legs. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a big tall hedge that they're walking from behind. Yeah. It's, it's quite but I do like the animation, so I do like the look of mm. it, the plain artwork and yeah. everything. It's very simple, it's very straightforward, but as with most children's programmes of that time, it's straightforward, simple, and sort of to the point. It has a sort of a timeless charm to it. But no, we've got more episodes of Mr. Ben to watch. I don't know yeah. if there'll be much more to say about it. Mr. Ben will return in Liver Let Die. <laughs> All these corridors look the same to me. I actually watched uh, Android Zatara. It's lovely. It's 
charming episode. I'd forgotten about the um, the swords being Sparky. charged yeah. and everything. <laughs> and Tom Baker's having a great time. Uh, Mary Tam's so on point with this one. Her costume is delightful. It's really the purple is. one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful costume. And you've got a real scenery-chewing villain in <laughs> Grendel. It's gonna have to. It's gonna watch his teeth because it's all set in the castle. So <laughs> all the characters in it really nice. Um, although the one character I noticed that, and I was surprised you had mentioned, is Grendel's manservant, who's tugging a forelock. Uh, yes, oh, he's, he's hilarious! Straight out of a Hammer film. Wasn't yeah, he? <laughs> I mean, I can imagine that Tom Baker and him got on that house on fire. You could just see it, you know. I never understood that phrase. I'm sure somebody's done this joke, but you say getting on like a house on fire, and it just means there's no survivors. That's true. Yeah, uh, who have I stolen that joke from? Um, well, if you can speed up a bit as you chase me through the corridor, you can watch <laughs> Power of Crawl. So I'm three episodes in, so we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. There's a monster on the loose in the woods outside your house. No, there isn't. It is time for Monster by Monster. So we're going to select a few monsters at random from a list of monsters and aliens, actually, um, from the BBC website, and we'll just say things about them. Okay, 18. So that is the Celestial Toymaker. Toothpaste. Toothpaste? Yeah, you said we'll say things. <laughs> Toothpaste. There you go. Okay, uh, let's try word disassociation. Hat <laughs> um, stand. Uh, Frontius. No, there's a link there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Celestial Toy Maker. Uh, one of my favourite villains. It's always been a villain that fascinated me. I do remember, I'm not, I'm trying not to be negative about chips or whatever but I do remember when he said about you know dumping the Christmas specials that they've run out of ideas for Christmas stories and I thought the toy maker is making gifts or something and <laughs> stealing children to work as slaves in his dimension or something you know as a sort of off the cuff Christmas story write that fanfic down and send it into Big Finish you never know <laughs> yeah there'll be a gap somewhere yeah, <laughs> but uh, they did do Nightmare Fair, didn't they? Yes. Let's move on to another one. Oh, 20. I'm <laughs> just hopping forward a little Jeez. bit. So that is the War Machines. Ah, ah right. Those, yeah. Well, I, I have <laughs> uh, a thing that belonged to my grandfather, which is a slide viewer for old 35mm slides. It's basically a, a, sort, of, mm. a sort of boxy, slightly trapezoid oh, box yeah, with a screen yeah. on the front. You put the slides in, and there's a little light bulb, and it magnifies them up a bit for you. And... It says on it, Wotan. No. It does. Really? Like, yeah, and so I've always kind of associated that knowing the name Wotan from reading Doctor Who books when oh. I was a kid. So I don't, I have no idea if it could have in any way influenced this, but it is a similar shape to the War Machine prop as well. Ah, they were, I mean, that was Doctor Who's return to contemporary London. It was yeah. introduced Ben and Polly. It's a story I absolutely adore. Mm. It's very much... Uh, a first Doctor unit story yeah. <laughs> in style as and it were there's the sort of know? parallels to the Daleks as well with scenes of the war machines in contemporary yeah. London yeah. I mean okay the war machines are a bit of a bulky ridiculous design yeah. in the sense they don't have the charm or the, the kind of arresting you know, oddness I mean it's, it's like the story itself in Wotan it's great yeah. uh, Wotan is very similar to um, Boss yes. in the Green, Green Death, Death yeah. you know has anybody done a War Machine toy? 
A beloved one. 241. Jesus. Like the other end of time. The solid tract. What ah, now this is Jodie. Fuck are they? Is it the frog? I, it's after oh. the flesh moth, which was in It Takes You Away. It's the frog. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so like not I, memorable name. I don't really know what I've got to say about it that can be broadcast. I think we did cover this in the past when we watched yeah. It Takes You Away again. Yeah, I remember having to. It was just it. odd. And, and a shame because you had such a good idea about seeing Grandma 5. Yeah. More of an alien universe than a monster, but certainly mm. a strange one. And it's a bizarre one. But only whatever. Doctor Who, really. Yeah. Let's do one more. 238. So we stay new series. 238 is Morax. Is that the witch thing? So the Morax is uh, an alien species uh, from Witchfinders. Ah, right. So it was the ones that turned them to mud or whatever. You know, reanimate the corpses. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's a, I think it's a great look. The Witchfinders is one that I actually don't mind as much. I haven't watched it again, actually. Oh, right. Well, that was Monster by Monster. More next time. Mm-hmm. Could it have been affected by tangential deviation coming out of the warp limbs? What are you talking about, Greystain? Tangent time. We've only had time to no, watch yeah. part of season 12 of Red Dwarf. We'll talk about what we have watched and come back to the rest of it. It's nice to eke it out anyway, because this is yeah, the last. Yeah, that's our final fling. As yeah. Well. So with the boys from the door. We're on season twelve, and uh, we've watched the first four episodes. So I'll just read through the titles. Uh, we've watched Cured, Siliconia, Time Wave, and Macocracy. But Cured, they discover a research center where they meet copies of famous evil historical figures, and it contains my favorite line of the season so yeah. far, which is. It's because I'm Hitler, isn't it? Hitler and list of jamming. jamming. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's decent. Uh, I yeah. think you mentioned that Stalin doesn't get much to do at all, which is yeah, a shame. Yeah, it's a bit shame. I've never felt sorry for Stalin before. But, <laughs> um, but hey, yeah. It's, don't, don't diss Uncle Joe. Uh, <laughs> Connor's a big fan. Right, okay. God, there's slander for you. <laughs> Well, at least I'll get Connor to write in next time and put the record straight. No, trust me, he's a big fan. Really? I've got all your war diaries. Is it Rimmer says to Napoleon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apart from slightly underusing the evil characters, I think it's a pretty nice episode. Siliconia is where they all get turned into mechanoids. I think that was the weakest one for quite a while. Yeah. It's okay. So far, anyway, this season, there's nothing I would say is rubbish. But yeah, I would agree that's definitely the weakest one. It doesn't do much with the milk joke which is very funny the first time you hear it it's yeah it, just, but it, sort of it doesn't, doesn't go anywhere yeah and it sort of pins itself too much around the rest of them being mechanoids and there's sort of thin jokes about support groups and the the latest technology i don't know i don't want to damn it because i didn't hate it you know it's just no. that thing of i think that the quality's been higher time wave again it's another really interesting idea and thinly veiled social commentary in that kind of if you're unable to criticize then it all goes to shit platform. oh yeah yeah but this has Johnny Vegas, who I'm not a big fan of, but I did enjoy it when he started to get off on learning to criticise again. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of Johnny mm. Vegas. I always, I, I just love his, his sort of, you know, when he just destroys himself, as it were, <laughs> you know. There was a lot in this that I liked. It feels like there were maybe better jokes to be had from that concept. And yeah, it, in some ways it feels like punching down. Yeah. I quite like the captain in his weird outfit, and it did remind us both of yeah, uh, the spaced. outfit of the performance artist Volva in Spaced. Yeah. <laughs> it was played by David Walliams, a total tangent, but I love Spaced, and that oh, moment, because I work in the theatre, you recognise that moment where he sort of leans over and everybody sort of tentatively claps, <laughs> and then he goes, It's, it's not, not finished! finished. <laughs> It's finished. finished. 
I love the way that when Daisy's watching it, suddenly it's do, 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 do. <laughs> I, I, I keep using that thing and my mind rabbit. just goes to the magic roundabout. <laughs> Maybe we should do space after Red Dwarf. I was going to say, it's interesting that we haven't put space into Box of It's not too late. It has a yeah. slot. Yeah, good. Well, when we, when we run out in 45 years' time, we can yeah. <laughs> add it. But then we'll have had space to the next generation as well. So one more to talk about with Red Dwarf. Um, Mechocracy, which is the fourth episode. This is the one that's only set on the ship, and it's got the vending machines as guest caster. Oh, else, yes. Which is a lot stronger. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious the two good ones is the first one and that. But I think that one ages for me being the stronger one. The political but. satire is kind of quite fun. But the crowning moment of the whole episode, the return of... Talkie Toaster. Talkie Toaster. <laughs> You've forgotten already. I'd forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten as well, and mm. even though I'd seen it before. And we were watching the election debate scene, and I was like, you know what? They should have got the toaster to ask the questions. Because <laughs> we all know what questions it would ask. Yeah, and then suddenly the toaster appears. Yeah, but, um, as if summoned. I, I remember saying that I was really pleased in recent years they brought back things like the stack machines, mm-hmm. the scutters. Yeah. Because I always really liked that thing in Red Dwarf, the stack machines of the personality. And There's a direct line from me to from that to like Marvin and the the yeah, yeah. the lift with the personality in the chapters <laughs> books as well. Please enjoy your day on this planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think I think it's it's good fun that one. So we've got two more to go in season twelve, and we'll uh, get to them in due course. And, and then, of course, the promised, promised land. land. Yeah, and then are we going to do the AA advert? Really? I'd be desperate for What's more. What's the bloody point? <laughs> you haven't seen it, have you? I've seen it. Have you? Right. It's better than Siliconia. <laughs> Thank you for Could listening. Put it this way, I'll watch that before I watch the fucking mutants. <laughs> what? Oh, oh, you said sorry. you'd do it next week. So, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, um, fourth wall. I'm, I'm starting to think you're never going to watch the mutants. <laughs> you never heard that. Right. That's As me. I wipe my face down. Yeah, that that's me. Turning, turning back time. Okay, you and Sher should talk. It's the end. But the moment has been prepared for. Nine times out of ten. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in touch or if you've had an odd experience in a fancy dress shop, we can be contacted by email at randomizerpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash randomizer or follow us on Twitter at randomizerpod. And in all cases, that's randomizer with an S, not... A Q. You're basically taking fucking more away from me now. It's It's not not finished. finished. It's It's finished. finished.